welcome to So To Speak. I'm your host, Vishnu Hetmark. I created this podcast because I wanted to have conversations with people whose mark on the world I really admire and who really inspire me, who I can listen to and walk away feeling that they have made me a kinder, more generous person. We'll talk about their backgrounds and upbringings, their setbacks and hardships, passions and creative journeys, and ultimately, the moments that have really made an impact on who they are now and their hopes and dreams for the future. I hope you enjoy the next conversation of So To Speak. Yasmin Ganley is an independent publisher, curator, and brand consultant based in New Zealand. She is ever in pursuit of the exploration and exchange of ideas and attracts and inspires a circle of women from around the globe who contribute to her various projects, including her online platform, anyonegirl.com, the aesthetic journal that looks at women's fashion, music, and contemporary art with a perspective that is honest and true, as well as the printed journal, Waste, now in its third edition. I was honored to speak to her about how returning to her hometown in New Zealand has informed her work, the magic of raising her daughter in the very landscape of her own childhood, how dance and movement led her to trust her instincts, and how intuition is a powerful tool that leads us to our truth. Tell me a little bit more about where you live in your childhood, because it's the same place, right? Yeah, it is. So um, I grew up sort of just down the road from where we are now. Um, and Titarangi is the name of the area, and it's just on the bottom of the Waitakere Ranges, which is like this big mountain range most of it is national park it's all protective native forest and it's sort of this big mountain and then on the other side of that it drops off in these the west coast line wow and it's wild like the the water is is just it just has an energy about it it's it's really volcanic like the sand is black oh my god (laughs) um and yeah, it's just, it's pretty rugged and, you know, not many people live out there and yeah, it's pretty cool. So we get, um, that sort of misty, um, cloud in the morning and, um, we're sort of surrounded by bush here. Um, and it's just really peaceful. It's about 20 minutes out of the city. Um, yeah, my partner is a surfer, so, um, he was always coming out here anyway, like, you know, through his, um, younger years. And, yeah. um, we both sort of thought that if we ever did settle, we would love to come back here. Yeah. Um, which I was happy about because I, you know, I have obviously great memories of growing up around here. <laughs> it was really quiet and, it's just nice to be able to give that back to Emily as well. Oh, because it must be wild to actually yeah, have that it, experience. I know. It's sort of, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's a nice circle. <laughs> have you um, have you listened to um, Krista Tippett's podcast with John O'Donohue? No. Oh, my God. You have to to listen to this it's beautiful and one of the things he said in it that kind of made me think of you and I was researching you was he said our our landscape shapes us to feel present and humble and I wonder if that if you can relate to that 
Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that in general of New Zealand for me because um, I I went to dance school. That's what I trained to do. I did contemporary right. dance, and I remember. And the the school is um, the it's the School of Dance of New Zealand, but there's only about six or so Kiwis that get accepted, wow. and um, I remember we had a Kiwi um, choreographer come in and we were talking to him about why Kiwi dancers are different. And he said, it's because we spend our childhood barefoot (laughs) and we always have an outlook. Like we always, we can always see you know, for, for a distance, there's always yeah. a coastline in front of us or farmland or, you know, we're at the top of a mountain or, you know, I think nature is so instilled right. in us growing up that we've always had somewhere to run. Yeah. So and being a dancer from that perspective, it's like when we move, we move that much bigger because we've always had room to, you know, yeah. and, so there's been less kids in our classrooms. There's been less kids in our dance classes. We've had the space to to really um, develop yourself. Take up. <laughs> yeah. Keep that ability. Yeah, I think so. Um, and actually, I think being a mother has taught me that as well. Again, mm-hmm. um, to look at things again and reconsider them and. Um, be amazed by them again. Yeah. Well, I was actually actually going to ask you since moving back home, has there mm-hmm. been any surprising shifts in how you view your own childhood that mm. now that you're seeing your daughter grow up in that same place has kind of shifted that perspective yeah. or given yeah. you a new sense of gratitude or. Yeah, anything? I think so. I mean, I, I think I'm lucky that you know, and I, I guess a lot of people have this too, but, um, you know, we have a, a little bit of land that, you know, one day she'll be able to just kind of explore and mm. make her own. And um, I think, well, the street that we live on is great. It's quiet and, um, you know, kids are still on their bikes and they're yeah. all playing four o'clock and they all all are at one person's house and they're running across the street grabbing you know they just feel there's a different energy there rather than um potentially what you might see in a more built-up area or you know where it's not safe for them to be just playing on the streets on their own yeah Um, and your childhood was very much like that the same yeah Yeah. So, um, I mean, I went to all my local schools where I grew up with all the kids on my street. We all walked to school together and I'm still really good friends with them. Like I would consider that, you know, the girls that I went to kindergarten with, I still see on the weekends, (laughs) you know, I consider them my best friends that, or, or, you know, we call each other sisters because Really, we've spent that long together. You know, we were at each other's third birthday and oh every birthday God. since. So it's it's special in that respect. I think I'm not sure why 
what quality that is, but I think, you know, people have a real connection to this place, especially this area. And, and actually (laughs) a lot of friends have moved back like I have. And I get to offer their families that sort of same, um, upbringing and um way of life and um I guess you did you think that when you were 17 and leaving home and going to this this dance school that was hell no I was like I'm going to the big city and (laughs) it's gonna be party central and we're gonna (laughs) do this and this and I'm gonna you know rah 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 Oh no, I, I I wanted stimulation. I yeah. wanted big smoke living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When so when you went to dance school, how long yeah. were you there for? Um I was there for three years. Oh my god. And then I was with a <coughs> a company in um Wellington where it was. I yeah. stayed in Wellington yeah. for uh, eight years in total. So I was with a company for five years after school. Wow. Um, and we toured the country. Um, we did a lot of, um, like educational programs with dance, which was really interesting. Um, and actually something that I feel like I'm sort of coming back to full circle. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I, I feel like I'm constantly trying to recapture, um, my dance education <laughs> through my eyes now. Well, um, I definitely what feel what I'm that, doing now with my life. Yeah, well. I definitely feel that through. Like, we'll get to anyone, girl, and waste. But yeah. you, what you're creating now has this beautiful lyrical sense to it. I don't know if that's something you. you, you yeah, that's nice. Do, yeah. But it definitely yeah, comes across what you create now. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to explain to a friend the other day, um, what waste really was, or, you know, actually all of my work is trying to do, but in my last year of dance school, I, um, I sort of, I didn't like go off the rails or anything, but I just, I think I was more interested in going out and, um, partying and you know hanging out with my friends and then I was focused and anyway towards the end of that year my teacher who obviously had some sort of faith in me (laughs) offered me um a secondment with a company from the Netherlands and I think they were called Magpie Dance Theatre and they were an improvisation based company mm-hmm. and that was something that I was really interested in as a dancer I loved improvising and I loved just moving you know mm-hmm. instinctively and yeah freely and um, I loved the idea of conceptualizing works and I loved choreographing I loved building the stage or the costume and and the lighting and I just I loved that kind of making side of it I liked the process I liked being in the studio you know the performing thing was fine but what it you were really about not really I mean I did it and I enjoyed it but I was definitely happier in the studio making and 
you know, crafting stuff. And I think she probably realized that before I did. Wow. Um, And she, so she sent me off to them and I, that was sort of the first time that I thought, well, this is exactly what I want to be doing. Yeah. And I, I loved, I loved that this company took it seriously and, you know, they, so we performed improvised works. So we went onto stage not knowing what was going to happen for the next hour. And we had musicians who would come on and improvise with their instruments with us. So the whole thing, the music, the costume, the lighting, everything was just happening in real time. And was that your face first, um, your first taste of like intuitively living? I think so. I mean, it was the first time that somebody had presented it to me in a, um, in a format that had structure around it. So it was something that I could actually practice and I could, I could refine that way or that concept or that way of thinking or that approach. And, um, and it was, I think it was those tools that I took away with me and am now trying to, um, to use again through a different medium. Yeah. Well, I was, I was, when I was researching you and your work and everything you've done, I, I noticed that intuition and instincts play a big role and big, they're themes that constantly come up. Did, when did you become like very aware of your natural instinct to create and connect? I guess, I guess it was then. And I think because I found my confidence in it, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think it was validated at that point. And I thought, oh, this is actually something. And this is something that I'm good at. And it instinctively comes to me and it feels good. And, you know, it's sort of like all these things just connected. Yeah. And, um, and then, but perhaps at that point, I, I mean, that I sort of shelved it. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't, (laughs) um, readdress it again. And then it wasn't until a few years ago when, um, I'd spent a lot of time working with brands, local brands Mm -hmm. and, um, I sort of found I was having a lot of the same conversations with the person who ran the company. And I think, you know, a lot of their um, doubts about their direction and um, what they wanted to present or communicate. And I guess that's where um, they were sort of looking for guidance. And I guess, and, and me trying to um, talk to them about that and sort of re-guide them and kind of hone in on exactly Mm -hmm. what it was they wanted to present or communicate, I realized that I was like, actually, this is something that just comes naturally to me and I don't understand that it doesn't for anyone else. (laughs) 
And I thought, wow, you know, there are these people running really amazing businesses and who just have not trained themselves to listen to themselves right. and to act upon their instinct or their intuition and, and follow that and be right. confident about that. And, you know, there was all this like double guessing and like, you know, it was a lot of like projection from the outside. Like what will, what will somebody think of this or how will this be read? It's like, right. But I was sort of coming from the position where I was like, if this is true to your to you, right. then it's true to your brand. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it will be read like this. And yeah. it can never be wrong. It can never be faulted right. because it's us. And, and if you're going to be transparent about that, then this is what it is. And and that is your strongest. Um, your voice. And yeah, you exactly. You can't use your voice to tell your truth. Ex- There's no point using it. Exactly. Do you, when you said you shelve that, that yeah. uh, those tools and that, and that to follow your instincts, that company. Yeah. Do you know what was it in you that made you doubt yourself then? Um. Yes, I guess at the time I didn't, but I think I. I don't think I trusted myself with it yet. I don't, yeah, I think I hadn't quite decided where I needed to put my energy and yeah, I I think I was still searching at that point. Um, I just, I never saw a long-term future in dance. I always knew that it would go somewhere else and, um, I guess I was sort of trying to put my energy into finding what that was. Yeah. So yeah. after the company, what what did that look like? Um, so I I actually got a bit of an injury in my back um, while we we're on tour, and I it sort of scared me. I think I um, I couldn't lie down properly without. Um, sort of spinning out. God. <laughs> yeah, I think it was sort of, you know, it was just a repetition on your body. And, um, yeah, I think it must have been a nervous mm-hmm. thing. But, um, yeah, I was the little one in the company, so I was always thrown around. I was a bit of a rag doll, and I think probably that just took its toll a bit. Um, so, yeah, I, at that point I just thought, well, I need to go and – find something else or I need, I need a, um, a tangent. Yeah. So at that point I had met a guy in Wellington and, um, he was sort of doing online, um, content and, um, he sort of introduced me to this whole world that existed. And at that point I didn't even have an email address. Like, you know, I was 23 <laughs> and, and he set me up. He, I didn't even know, like people were talking about MySpace. I was just like, what are you talking about? What wasn't on Facebook or anything. So he, he gave me an email address, my very first email address. I was like, who am I going to write to? What is this thing? <laughs> 
<laughs> um, so anyway, so that was like this whole new, and of course, exciting because yeah, of course, all of a sudden it was just like wow, the whole world is here. Well, I, I yeah, I just sort of helped, started to help him with that stuff because I loved um, giving him ideas and you know coming up with um, ways in which you could um, talk about things or present things, and all of a sudden it was like oh, I know, I know how to do this. Yeah. I know conception and I and I know how to um to bring it into something or bring it to life and it was just yeah this that same set of tools but just used in a different way and yeah and I've always really had um a love and a passion for um getting dressed and expressing myself through Mm -hmm. clothing and then anyway so at that point we decided that we would go to New York and we would do that there, which we did. Um, And we were there for a couple of years. And that's where you met my sister, correct? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things when my sister was telling me about you now, she told me that when she met you, one of the things that came off like clear as day was that you had this, you were just so daring you were willing to try anything and then you you kind of honed that but with this really beautiful collaborative sense that she she said that I don't think anybody felt like they didn't have a voice and that you were just like let's let's do this what do you think and she thought that was so beautiful and you were so ahead of your time Well, that's cool. I don't know know why or where that comes from, but, um, yeah, I've always, I don't know. I don't know where the the daringness comes from, I think. (laughs) I don't know, and I'm not sure where that collaborative spirit comes from either. I guess it's just something that is in me and that I enjoy. Well, you have you have a, you have a sister. Yeah. Were you? Did yeah. you grow up very close with her? Uh, she was nearly eight years older than me. So. Wow. Yeah. So we. Um, I was sort of annoying for her as a child, uh, you know, and and by the time I could kind of walk and talk, she was sort of entering her teenage years. So she didn't want a bar of me then, and oh, no. and then. By the time I sort of got older and then she'd moved out of home and we sort of missed each other, you know, through our childhood. We never quite connected properly. And it wasn't until it wasn't until I was about to leave home myself that um, we had any kind of relationship, really. Perhaps perhaps what that's one of the reasons why you've you've kind of chose something that, that allows you to have that connection with people and yeah to, to totally. collaborate and have feel like you're part of something yeah it's, yeah maybe it's almost like I sort of grew up on my own yeah your mother is French is that correct yeah yeah how do you feel that has influenced your outlook on like you said love for clothes well, and dressing up and such I think um well, right, uh, right from a young age, we would always go and visit family over there um, every couple of years. And I think, you know, as hard as that would have been for mum to 
to take us all over there. I think um, for me, it was like, oh, there's a whole world out there and there's a whole other way of doing things. And, um, you know, to learn that from a young age, I think is really valid and important. Um, and just, you know, that to gain that kind of perspective right then and there outside of your bubble as a child, I think is really cool. And perhaps that um, comes out in various different ways. But I think in terms of style and fashion and things, um, yeah, definitely from mum, she she was always, um, like I have this story of mum when dad brought her back to New Zealand and dad has five brothers and one of them was getting married and so um, – Obviously, mum and dad went along, and mum wanted to wear a tuxedo. <laughs> and this is in 1970 something, 72 or something. And dad lived up north, you know, in a, in a tiny, tiny town, like very rural, all, you know, farmers, and Amazing. it would have been really small town. And then, you know, he comes back home with a French wife who's dressed in a suit. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we know my grandparents must have just thought, oh my God. Um, but that's her, that for me really encapsulates her spirit. And I think um, it, it's definitely, I've, you know, I've watched her um, get ready for parties and play with accessories. And, yeah. you know, she's always. Um, like when I did um, dancing growing up, you know, she was always choosing really great music for me and like we'd, we'd design the costumes together and she just she just always had this very cool way of, and it was understated, you know, like typical French. Um, <laughs> just, it was like, you know, put four things on the table and take three of them away. Okay, yeah, we're done, you know? It's just like that sort of way of... Um, dealing with, I don't know, decorating or getting dressed is just something that's probably, yeah, deeply influenced by her, I think. That's beautiful. So you went to New York with this boy, started doing that there, and then when did you decide to move back? Well, we unfortunately broke up in the the mitts in the heat of New York. Of course, um, as it happens. As it happens, yes. Um, <laughs> and I just ached for home. I just really missed being here. I missed the people. I missed the ease of it all. Um, and, you know, I, I landed and my mum picked me up and I said, I think we just need to drive out to the beach now. I just, I just need to be somewhere really remote and, you know, isolated. Mm. I just need, I just needed to feel. You needed your solitude. I think so. Yeah. I just really wanted to be quiet. I wanted to come home and just sort of regather myself. And I felt like I'd expelled so much energy in New York and, you know, it requires so much from you. And, um, I just felt like I wanted to, like, I have this, um, a thing that I associate this, that feeling with, and, you know, after a week of performing dance shows or, you know, you go into a season and you'd have sort of 
10 shows back to back and at the end of those, you know, and, and all the audience would go out and they'd meet for drinks and go out for dinner and, you know, and all I wanted to do was just go home, put my pyjamas on, get under my duvet and just sort of regain a little bit of myself back yeah. because, you know, it's like you're out on stage and you it's personal. You give so much of yourself out there and all for the taking too. I mean, you know, you're there in real time offering up, you know, your own ideas and your own way of doing something. And it's, and it's a physical thing as much as it is emotional and mental. And I, I just, yeah, there, I have those moments, I think because I'm quite, um, introvert naturally. And I think, um, if I, if I go away from that from t- for too long and expel my energy and, and social situations, I really just need to come back and, um, gather yourself. Yeah, re- yeah. Gather myself and just sort of rebuild that energy again. At that point felt very lucky to have somewhere to escape. Yeah. And then, uh, over time I, started to sort of put myself out there again and um I started working for local magazines and taking photos and writing and um I had some great mentors that just sort of took me under their wing and let me learn on the job and just let me go for it which you know, as, as lucky, not only lucky, but invaluable. Uh, that sounds beautiful. It sounds like, um, it was a, a very natural progression in your life. Yes, it was. And I think through doing that and doing that on my own was, um, really good for me. And I, by doing that, rebuilt a lot of my own confidence mm-hmm. back up again mm-hmm. and realized that, um, I could be independent and I, I could deliver and I was responsible and, um, all of these things that I just didn't believe before yeah. that were me and all of a sudden I was doing it. And I, I think that's probably what I learned the most, you know, and I, 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 um, yeah, I think that was that was probably maybe five or six years ago, or potentially more. Yeah. And is that when you started Anyone Girl? Yeah. Oh no, actually, I had started Anyone Girl um, when just before I went to New York. If I had done any work for, um, written anything for any blogs or magazines or anything like that, I would put that work up. And in between all of that stuff, I, you know, if there was anything I liked or friends were doing different projects or whatever, I would talk about it on there. And, um, it kind of became, yeah, something that people were seeking out. And I think just as I was leaving New York, I, gained enough confidence to not feel like I had to please anybody or deliver things for anyone else. And I just thought, I'm just going to put out what I really like Mm. and I'm going to stay really true to that. And, um, I think I found my thing, you know, and I, I think it was at that point where I thought, well, I'm just going to run with this and whoever likes it, likes it. And Mm -hmm. 
whoever doesn't, that's fine as well. Yeah, that's beautiful. And then, okay, so tell me how you conceptualized waste. Um, well, the I'd always wanted to do something printed of my own and the idea of doing a magazine, um, you know, with fashion shoots and um, advertising and um, interviews and things like that, I guess was always an idea, um, but I just thought there's potential for something else as well. And um, it got to the point I was reading a lot of magazines and I was always just a bit disappointed by mm -hmm. what was um, delivered. And I just felt like at the end of the day, it just all sounded the same and um, it was the same people being celebrated. And um, I just felt like, you know, if you pick that up in 300 years, you know, what does that say of our um, industry and our generation. Yeah. And I just think, you know, the magazines that we celebrate, um, were the ones that really had something to say and mm -hmm. something to give and, and offer their readers. And, um, I just, yeah, I, I, that was more appealing for me. And I, I just felt, um, like I talked before about the um, conversations I'd have with lots of directors yeah. of companies. And I just felt like, you know, instead of pitching to women that, you know, they need to go on a diet for summer and um, these are all the um, foods that you should be eating. Right. Um, and this is the way that you should tie your belt <laughs> and, um, I was just like, well, you know, I mean, that's one thing, but what else, you know, like yeah. what else does it mean to be a woman? And what, what about all those things before that? Like before you put your belt on seven different ways, <laughs> how, you know, is there, is there something valid to say at that point? Like, right. Um, yeah. How, like, how are we feeling? Should we talk about that? Yeah. Maybe let's just say hello to each other and ask each other, how are you? Yeah. What's going yeah. on in your life that's actually matters to you? Yeah. I just, I just thought, um, as well as that, I had any one girl at a point where, um, you know, I was being sent a lot of beautiful, beautiful works and, and, you know, I'd share them online and, they were there and it, the whole thing would sort of last about three days, you know, yeah. it would go up and then people would look at it and then, you know, the next story would go up a few days later and it was sort of forgotten about. And I just thought, you know, there are such amazing makers and creatives that really are yearning for a platform that they can share their work that's not commercially driven and, and isn't selling anything. It's just something somewhere for them to express their ideas and I just thought you know some of it needed to be printed and yeah. some of some yeah. of it just needed a longer life it yeah it, it um it deserved that yeah you you share so much of your kind of your inner perspective is there anything you are like hesitant or yeah hesitant? I mean I guess I struggled with um 
the last issue of Waste because I, I came across my mum's scrapbooks that she made when she was probably my age, mm-hmm. and um, they were so cool. And I, and she was sort of like, "What? Why are you? What are you doing with that?" Like she just could not wrap her head around, before, you know, why I thought everything was so cool. And you know, I was taking photos of things, and she's like. And I said, Mom, someone's interviewing me about your scrapbook. She's like, what? She's like, Who are these people? And, um, and I think, yeah, like there were cards in there from, you know, that she'd written to my dad or vice versa. And I think for, because my parents split up when I was about 12. And um, I think I had never really seen that sort of intimacy between them or, or, um, you know, I guess that connection and for me to find all of that stuff of, you know, oh, I found this card and it made me think of you and that kind of thing. And I, yeah, it was just really beautiful. And, and I thought, you know, this is so personal, like how much of the stuff do I share and, you know, she had written things in there and, and she'd pulled quotes from different people. And I, I just, um, I just needed to be respectful in terms. There was a part of me that just really wanted to open it up. And, um, because I think when you do that, um, you have a response that is really unique. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that you, that the reader gains from that sort of transparency. But, um, yeah, there were a few things that I just had to keep and I, and I sort of kept double guessing myself and I thought, is this right to, yeah. to open yeah. up something personal? Or, but I couldn't shake the fact that I was just deeply inspired by it. I think becoming a mum too, because I struggled like for, with Instagram, for example, I have an anyone girl account, which is devoted to anything that's online or waste the waste journal. And a little bit of me comes through. Um, but I always struggle with putting pictures of Emily up. Like Mm -hmm. I'll, I will put something personal up and that's okay. But when it's her, a picture of her, I, I tend to sort of take it down like three days later. Um, and because I, I like keeping things for myself and I enjoy my privacy. And I I think that's why I like living here too, because it offers me that. And um, yeah, I think more and more, you know, the sort of um, deeper we get into the society of sharing and, you know, people knowing what you're up to every sort of 12 hours, um, the, the more I'm sort of pulling away from that for, on a personal aspect, the more I just want to, I actually, I'm thinking I want to take the summer off and, um, you know, completely unplug that as the term is and just spend a summer with Emily when she's this little, be present and not feel like I'm pulled away um, for any reason and not have any sort of work pressure and just be and, and, and see what that feels like. 
I feel like I'm craving that um, mm. for her and for our relationship. I think because I we weren't exactly trying for for Emily, and um, so that was you know just beautiful surprise that sort of popped up in our lives. I was working pretty much full time with a brand that I really and I really loved the work and I was, you know, deeply involved and um so I I worked right up until she was born pretty much because she was nearly three and a half weeks early. So just wow. as I decided, oh, you know, I'll take a couple of weeks off before she arrives, yeah. she was here. Oh my God. Um, and then at that point, I had the second issue of Waste Arrive um, in my living room, you know, like 40 boxes. Oh I was God. like, okay, yeah. Um, so everything is happening at once. <laughs> um, so it was, I mean, we did it and it was fine. But my point is that I just, I never stopped. And right. I worked, you know, right through and I was always thinking about something and or making the next thing. And um, I think it's only now that all of that has caught up with me. Mm -hmm. And I've realized that, you know, actually I, I just need to be a little kinder to myself right. and I, I need some time and I, I, yeah, I need, I need a little break. <laughs> you find now that you're a mother that you crave more than ever, just moments of your own personal solitude? Yes. Yeah. And I've always been like that. Like I said before, I've, I've always needed some time on my own to mm -hmm. sort of um, feel better about giving myself yeah. to us. I mean, the time that Emily is in care, I'm working, mm -hmm. so... The only time, and I work a lot, like once I've put her down at night, you know, I'll get back on my emails and I'm, I'm working again. So, and I, I think I've come to realize that I actually consider my own time. No, I consider my work as my own time. Yeah. And I just actually don't think that's healthy or sustainable for me. And I just come to realize that, well, actually, you know, you need to take some of this time for yourself and, yeah. and don't feel guilty about, you know, sitting on the deck in the sun and reading your book. Like, that's okay. You are allowed to do that. Like, I'm just, I think from, you know, have, being a dancer and being so deeply disciplined about everything around mm -hmm. that and, you know, you're turning up and you, you wake up in the morning and your body just aches, but you mm -hmm. turn up and you do it anyway. And I think that is so deeply ingrained in my work ethic that yeah. it's, it takes so much effort for me to, and, and rebuild it or rebuild yeah. my thoughts around that. Before, before you go, cause I know you have to get back to everything we were just talking about. <laughs> I yeah. wanted to know what, what do you want to create that has, that as your daughter grows up and has a sense of who she is in regards to um, who you are and what you've really mm. given to her and shown mm. to her and the community you've surrounded her with, what what do you want to do that really inspires her as a woman? Yeah, well, I think I think it's probably nothing work related. I think mm. it's 
more and you know how I create um, the environment at home mm -hmm. and how that feels and how I include us in our community mm -hmm. and and how I deal with the community um, yeah how I give my time or spend my time how I treat others um, that's always been a big one for me because I can't yeah like I said come from a smaller family mm -hmm. and both of my parents were never extremely close with their family so I never you know had the big Christmas or like mm -hmm. we never had family gatherings and I would always go with my friends to their sort of family parties or yeah. you know things like that and I always clocked it when I was younger thinking you know I really would love to host things like this yeah. and I'd really love to always have an open door policy and I, I'm you know even though it makes life busy and a juggle and I just think that if you can just surrender to that mm -hmm. chaos, then, you know, there are really beautiful things that come out of it. And I, I like that, you know, sometimes I drag Emily to work with me on a photo shoot or whatever. And, you know, there's 10 girls around and everyone's playing with clothes and, and she, you know, you can see she's just loving it. <laughs> And even though I'm battling on the inside, oh, my God, I've brought my daughter to work and, like, you know, what, what is everyone going to think? Like, can't this mum just, like, chill out and have some time on her own? Why is she dragging her baby around? But then I'm like, she's having a great time and she doesn't know. She's, I, yeah, I just think um, having the right spirit yeah. is probably my answer to that. Well, I, I definitely think from what I see, I know we haven't met yet, but I know we will. Yeah. From what yes. I see, you're definitely creating a legacy that is a beautiful and kind and generous and inspiring spirit. So thank you. thank you so much for doing that for us and for her, oh. of course, more importantly. And thank you so yeah. much for doing this little passion project of mine and taking so time cool. out. Yeah, of course. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Lovely to chat. Guys, that was my conversation with Yasmin Ganley. If you would like to continue to be inspired by her, please head over to anyonegirl.com or follow her on Instagram at anyonegirl. Thank you so much. Don't forget to leave us a review and comment. Hit the subscribe button and share it with your friends. Tune in next week for another episode of So To Speak.